Welcome to the Borch World Podcast, the go-to place for you to learn how to walk in your authority in Christ by embracing your rulership identity as a king or queen under him. My name is Christian Santiago. I'm the host of this podcast and I'm the co-founder of Born to Rule Global Ministries along with my wife, which is dedicated to awakening, unlocking, and unleashing kings and queens under God on the earth. This interview today is going to pack a punch all right i have been able to have the incredible opportunity to interview pastor neil smith he is the international director for planet shakers in australia he's also spearheads these campaigns called believe campaign which is all about transforming whole nations in the pacific islands by engaging their spheres of leadership business education health and the church he literally spearheads impacting entire nations but also what's super powerful is his heart well, he has just written a book called Think Like a King, which is his heart. And even this is his first book. So he's had 30 plus years of experience in this, but it's Thinking Like a King, his first book. And it's all about raising up kings in the marketplace to help them build kingdom business enterprises that are so huge and monumental and impactful and powerful, but also helping them partner with their pastors so that way the church can expand the kingdom as well. So there's a partnership between kings in the marketplace and pastors in the church. He also has a huge heart for the young kings and queens that are in the marketplace, for them to rise up to build huge, powerful enterprises. So in this interview, I'm telling you, you're going to get so much out of it. We talk about what it takes to even be a king and to think like one. What are some mental models to even push back past your current limitations? And even he just shares his heart on how older kings can step back and how younger kings and queens can step up. And so it's so powerful. Enjoy it. I also want to let you know really quick, just on the quality. Um, so you, whenever I speak, you'll hear a little bit of an echo. So that was just kind of a, a thing on the editing process that it was kind of tough to take out. But on his, when, when Pastor Neil starts to speak, it's so clear. So if you can just bear with it, hear the questions and get past that part, it'll be great. But I'm telling you, what he brings is powerful. So enjoy this and walk in your authority in Christ. So I'd love to first start off, Pastor Neil, first off, thank you for jumping on with us and sharing your wisdom um, with Think Like a King. Think Like a King, what a powerful powerful book. I finished reading it a few days ago, but I wanted to start off by asking, what's the difference between a king and a king in waiting? Is it just age, opportunity, wisdom? Um, you really make that distinction, especially in the beginning of the book. Yeah, look, I think it's really important to understand that a king is by birth. So there's nothing that can be taken away from the fact that you are born uh, and so if you use that analogy, we're born with a purpose, every one of us. And so the reality is we are kings and queens. We've been given a delegated authority by God as the king of kings to, to do something significant with our lives. But the problem that many people have is that they actually step into their moment. And so it's about timing before they're supposed to, or they step in mm -hmm. ill-equipped into their timing. So the delineation of the difference between a king and a king in waiting is that 
really the best way to say it in the natural is a prince or a princess doesn't have the power to be who their purpose to be until gifted to them. So generally in a monarchy situation, either the current sitting king, their mother or father or queen, will die and it will be gifted to them or they will succeed and they'll give it to them while they're alive. And at that moment, they walk into their full power, their full authority and their full purpose. So if you're a king, you actually now have no longer have a time to learn. Of course, we all learn once we are a king. But but all that you can do to prepare, and you'll, you've seen it in the book, get ready, get ready, get ready. Everything's about um, being ready for our moment. So rather than live our life trying to be a king or trying to have authority or trying to step into our time. So it's not about age. It's not about opportunity. It's about timing. It's about uh, you have the fullness of your kingship once you actually step into your moment. But don't step in prematurely is the key issue Mm. uh, because uh, you could miss your moment if you step in too prematurely. And what are some things that really people fall into that causes them to try to step into it prematurely? Uh, I think, I think you know, one of the challenges that we have that is God speaks, which is a great thing. But often what doesn't get, and we see this all through the Bible, that God speaks about David's greatness. But he's serving in the field for many years before he's actually, in, the, in fact, he's hiding in a cave. In fact, he's put up, he misses the lineup of his brothers and ultimately God speaks. So timing is everything. So just because God says you're a worship leader, just because God says you're a business person, just be, doesn't mean that the next day it starts. But what it does mean is, okay, I know what my God-given call is, so I've got to get ready for it. But a lot of people try to step straight into it and, one, they step in and they're ill-equipped. Two, they step in, they don't have power and authority. Three, they're not recognised by others. And so not that they got what their call is wrong, they just got their timing wrong, and that hurts in the end their overall calling because they lose credibility. So you don't have to force your way into what your call is. It comes to you. So just relax in who you are, get ready, and at the right time, God will open the right door of opportunity. And waiting for it to come to you because it's for you, do you feel like that's a major difference between an underdog mentality and a kingship mentality? Totally, totally. I think, look, the whole book really, you know, the premise of the book is being determines what how you think and your thinking ultimately determines what you do there's a chapter on each of those so the key issue is understanding your identity and being comfortable in it relaxed in it whereas the underdog is insecure feels insufficient feels like he has to prove something often has an orphan spirit so you're always in this place where you're trying to validate yourself whereas the king just knows I'm the prince right now, but one day I'm the king. So I don't have to convince anybody, don't have to tell anybody. And so the premise of thinking like a king is that your being, your identity is secure. I am who I am, and at the right time, God will open that door. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to read you just a quick quote on on page 194. So the last <laughs> chapter, Shift and Legacy. Shift got me. Wow. Okay. 
So it says the majority of people seek to build a successful enterprise, start their journey with an owner-operator mindset. While building anything from scratch is an admirable pursuit. I'm talking to kings now. That was an exclamation point on there. You were born for levels of significance, influence, and dominion that extend far beyond the dream of owning a small business in isolation. So what possessed you in your spirit? Like by the Holy Spirit, what what came over you to even just write that? I'm talking to kings now. I felt that. I almost jumped out of my seat when I read that. Sure. I think the key premise of understanding who we are is that we all have one life. And, and so what we tend to do is we go with what we feel comfortable with. But since when... Did life be about comfort or about what we can do? Um, so we've got to remember a king is someone who's given a reign. That doesn't mean that he can do all the things that he needs to do to actually make that kingdom come to pass. But he's been given that by God, so therefore God's going to equip him along the way. So how small would it be to diminish yourself to a small business where you earn an hourly rate based on your skill set or your capacity when God's given us all one life, is there any difference between the guy who builds a huge enterprise and the guy who, um, you know, just owner-operates a business? I'm not saying they're a bad guy if that's what God's called you to, but if God's called you to business, surely it's more than just you and two or three employees. Uh, and so what creates you to be trapped in that way? Thinking. You know, and thinking like a king is understanding I have rule and reign over a territory and the territory in business world surely has got to be bigger than the small store or the, the, the truck that you operate or the, 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 you know, the trade that you run with. Uh, that's the starting point, but that should not be the finish point. You are a king. Rise to the full potential of your kingship. Hope you're enjoying this incredible interview with Pastor Neil. But hey, real quick before we jump in back into the rest of the interview, I want you to know that I am putting a link to his book, Think Like a King, in the show notes. So if you really want to start to think like the king or queen that God has made you to be, the mental models that it takes to even be successful in your business and to even be powerful in your area of influence, then get this book. Okay, so I'm going to link it into the show notes. So I want you to get it. And once you get it too, I'm going to also link his uh, social media profiles as well. So follow him and just send him a DM just thanking him for the interview and for the book. All right, so enjoy it. And let's get back to our interview with Pastor Neil. Amen. Amen. And I just have two more questions. So on page 208, you mentioned about um, it's not a call to mediocrity and we have to elevate and ele like em embrace and elevate our thinking. So what are some mental models that you have used yourself to help stretch your thinking, even at the high level that you're already at now? Sure. I think first and foremost, that um, we've got to remember that our primary mandate is not ourself. So if my goal is I want to own a Ferrari, then I work everything to own that Ferrari. But the limitation is when I get in that car, it's for me and it's all about me. So for me to expand my thinking, because remember it's kingdom thinking, godly thinking, it's, 
It's what God would download to me. So remember, a king primarily is a public servant. He's there to serve the public. So he's not about himself. So he understands that I'm doing all this preparation. I'm getting ready so that I can be the best I can be with what I've been gifted. So it's very important that a king uh, comes from the perspective of I've got to expand because uh, if I don't, I'm going to minimise the people that are, for the sake of a better term, under me. I don't like using those words, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And so, so my so on the flip side of that, to expand my thinking, I've got to go. I've got some limitations. So therefore, I've got to bring people into my world who think bigger. There's been some incredible people you read in the book there uh, that have stretched my thinking, stretched my capacity. Um, then there's also um, I've got to position myself to think. Now, I know that sounds crazy because I'm talking about think like a king, but the greatest thing that takes us away from growth, personal growth, is the fact busy, that we're busy. I believe that the devil's plan for us is not to kill and destroy, although the Bible says that, it's to make us so busy that we're distracted from ever getting an idea because ideas give us the capacity to go, or dreams, wow, I could do that. Now, in myself, I can't do that. And But but the fact that you start to dream, suddenly the, 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 the limitations start to fall away. But, of course, the most important thing is to remember what it says in Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So we go, well, the desires of my heart are this and this and this. But no, God gives you the desires of your heart. He knows what they are. So if you spend time with him, he actually not only gives you the idea, but he equips you. So when I'm in the, you know, I've been in Papua New Guinea and I'm $100,000 short and I've got 300 people on the ground, I've got a stadium booked and I don't know how I'm going to get through the next day, I turn to him and I say, hey, you gave me the dream. You brought me here. You gave me the desires of my heart. Uh, I need you to come through for me now. And it's almost like saying, this is your plan, not mine. But if you made it about yourself, you don't have that fallback position. So some of my greatest seasons of growth, in business we say risk, but in, in the faith we say um, faith. We, we use the word faith. And faith is not being certain, uh, being certain, sorry, not being certain of what we do not see, it says in the book of Hebrews. So that's an oxymoron, being certain of what we do not see. How can we be certain of what we do not see? We've spent time with the Lord and we have seen it, but we've seen it in our mind's eye, in our spirit, not in the natural. Mm -hmm. And so the greatest stretch that I've had is to declutter, not be so busy, get the idea from God and then position myself so even when I'm under pressure and under stress, I always go back to No, this is yours, God. It's bigger than me. I don't have capacity. In my weakness, you are made strong. And he always comes through for me. Amen. Amen. Man, that chapter and legacy really was so powerful. And and legacy is one of my favorite, just so you know, it's the last chapter. But legacy, you know, the, the summarizing legacy and this is, I believe, what we all should be. And I know you didn't ask me this question, but I want to say No, no, no. I want, yes. Legacy yes. is so often in a secular mentality what we leave for people. I've left my kids a house. I've left my kids, a, you know, an opportunity. But legacy in a kingdom sense is what you leave in people. And, uh, you know, the greatest kings train the prince, the princess that's going to take over for them prior to their death. 
and their legacy is bigger than because of what's in people, whereas we tend to want to leave something for people. But, uh, you know, I'm, I just turned 50 last year and my quest in this next 15, 20 years of my life is what I leave in people. And this is why I'm, I, I didn't used to accept doing things like this podcast, but I'm doing it more and more because just a few words that I can deposit in people can go so much further than even the book that I've left for people, you know, and, and, and so it, it's that depositing people. Go and make disciples was the Great Commission, Matthew 28, but that really is legacy. What are you leaving in people? And discipleship's hard work. It's it's just hard work because it's so often one-on-one, but that's that that that's the the key for me of life at this stage. Anyway, back to your amen, question. Amen. Amen. Well, actually, <laughs> my last question was to do with legacy. So oh, okay. either way, this is perfect. Um what advice can you give to older teens? Because you did the QR code at the end of every chapter, which is powerful. Everyone who looks good need to get it, and it's incredible. But at the end of it, of Legacy, you talked near the last 30 seconds of the video, older kings to step back and younger kings to step up. And so what are some things that you can give for older kings to step back? And then I'd love for you to be able to just really quickly encourage some younger kings to step up. Sure. I think one of the things in the natural is that we we naturally, a grandparent sometimes would appear to be the happiest person in the family. And all they require, let's say Christmas, for example, at Christmas they can stand back, hands in the sink while everybody, all the kids are unwrapping the presents, the babies are crying, everybody's running around, everybody's, what did I get? What didn't I get? The grandparents, it's like you can't even buy them a present. They don't even know what they want. All they want is their family to be together. And the greatest trophy for them is standing back looking at the legacy that's living in front of them. But in a spiritual sense, I have observed that in the church particularly, we become a little selfish the older we get and we hang on and we don't actually step back so that the next generation can step up. So a quest for me is even in my world with Planet Shakers, I get the opportunity to preach and uh, I get the opportunity to go and speak at different things. I'm now looking for ways that I can step back. So I've said to Pastor Russell, the founder of Planet Shakers, hey, don't roster me on so more. Get some of the younger guys. Now, that's a loss to me in one sense because I love to do that. But when I stand back and I see the next generation rising, there's something so deeply fulfilling. So, it, But it is a willful act to say I'm going to step back so somebody else can step up. The next generation, you know, the younger generation, need to understand that stepping up is something that we, if we take it, it's less fulfilling than if we're gifted it. And so because gifting is something that we can't control, but the next generation wants to push people out the way. But if we look at family structure, which so in the natural, so in the spiritual, the best type of family structure is when a father is totally committed to his kids, a mother, and then at the right time, they, they give the equipment, they give money to buy a deposit for a home, they, they help the, the children to get established, they pay the, the grandkids school fees or do something in a monetary sense that says, I want to give you leverage, which I didn't have. But they also step back in a family business if the dominating father just stays controlled over that business. Uh, usually the kids leave because they they feel stifled and feel like they have no future. 
So for the family structure, for the God-intended structure to work, one generation's got to step back. But here's the problem. Most older people leave it until they're too old, and by that stage they've got nobody standing around them because everybody got frustrated with them. The younger generation try to take it too early, and so you just have this constant conflict. So my advice for both is take a little if you're younger and push a little to, to take a little more ground, but don't take the whole thing. For the older, release younger. I'm 50. I'm not that old in the whole scheme of things, but I'm already starting to stand back in some areas. And the amazing thing of the providence of God is, as he says in Genesis, I've created the, the flower to have seed and I've given you an expansive place. In other words, he's saying you can reproduce but there's plenty for all as an expansive place. So if everybody just releases a little control, which remember God's ultimately in control, then we have this place. But it does start with those who have power. And so the older must start to release a little for the younger to rise up. But the younger must also honour the older and honouring sometimes is remembering it's not about displacing. It's about both of us having time to create room for the next phase that God has for us. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much uh, for this time together, Pastor Neil. No, thank you, Christian. Be great to be with you and everybody listening. Remember, think like a king. Think like a king. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Born to Rule podcast. Hey, if you're on here, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, comment, put a review, five stars, and also share this with a few friends for them to begin to walk in the authority that God has given them to. We need more kings and queens under God activated and unleashed to the world. But hey, all in all, we want you to walk in the power that God has given you for your everyday life. And so remember this. You were born to rule. You were born to rule.